Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy to assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. The Guardian. You wouldn't know from the ominous beats and the sounds of bombs landing that this is the trailer of a new feature film about a love triangle between a man, a woman and an AK-47. This film, Akasha, looks at the lighter side of Sudanese life in a reality that most wouldn't find funny, trying to find love in a war zone. So we wanted to create a film for us that is a celebration. So we're like, we're going to do this uh, adventure, light-humored film that everybody's just going to enjoy and, and laugh. So that's what we created. But at the same time, it's, it's a multi-layered cake kind of film where it's still, the backdrop is the war. Hajorj Kuka struggled for years to establish a sense of his own identity. So when he started working as a filmmaker several years ago, he knew exactly what he wanted his storylines and characters to convey. The film shows you people living and being happy and, and super connected to life. And suddenly that gets interrupted by a bombing. And that's how you feel back home. You're sitting around having coffee and suddenly like life is interrupted. Everything is forgotten. And then you're trying to like run for your life and make sure that like, everybody you know is like safe and there and so so it's this interruption of life and, and that I wanted to capture that this is small changes a podcast about how sometimes the seemingly smallest change can have the biggest impact this week we talked to a Sudanese filmmaker who founded a collective bringing together artists from across Sudan to create work that depicts what's happening to people displaced by conflict. I'm Lucy Lamble. When I have to leave back home, it's like eight-hour car ride and two planes just to get to Nairobi. Yes. And then from there, I can go somewhere. Home is Kauda, but you home also spend time in Kenya as well? or uh, Kauda mainly. But I'll go to Kenya. I spoke to Hajorj at the beginning of November when he was in London for the African Film Festival. Normally, he's based in the Nuba Mountains in South Kordovan, Sudan. For anyone who's followed his earlier work, you might better know him by another name. Uh, being from a country that is Arabized, you have to have an Arabic name and a modern name. So there's this whole thing of you need a modern name. So I had a modern name, which was Hisham. And it's so foreign to me now. Even saying it is just like, it's like a mask I put when I use that name. So I have this official name that uh, I use. And then 
there was a point where like I just felt totally disconnected with it especially when when I was making a film about identity that I chose like I know I want my real name and so I used Hajjoj which is my real name for most of his childhood it wasn't only his name that seemed alien to him so I was born in Sudan and uh, when I was still young my parents moved away from Sudan for political reasons where now my dad had a lot of issues so we moved to United Arab Emirates and I grew up in Abu Dhabi which was a very strange place to grow up. Abu Dhabi was still young and it was a collection of all these people from different countries and I was always an outsider. So, but almost everybody else was an outsider. There's already a dam at Aswan. It's been there for over 50 years and the British must take the credit for the improvements it's brought to Egypt. The dam's been modified twice since it was built, but it cannot be raised any higher to improve the flow of the Nile. To get more water, the Egyptians must build the high dam. In 1960, construction began on the Aswan High Dam in Wadi Halfa, on Sudan's northern border with Egypt. Around 52,000 Nubians were displaced, including many of Hajjoj's family members. When the Great Dam was built, the biggest city in Nubia was drowned, which was Halfa. And then, so a lot of people, a lot of my family actually moved. So they're, they're, most of them are migrants. So I have more family in Saudi Arabia than I have in Khartoum or in Sudan. So basically, I grew up with a lot of people from my family, and we have our own language, our own culture, whatnot, to the point that I thought, growing up young, that all Sudanese people are Mahas. And it wasn't until later that I realized, ah, oh, no, there's other tribes, there's other people. Actually, we're a very small little tribe, and the Sudanese culture is bigger than when, what I thought it was. As any of us who moved as a young child will know, one of the biggest culture shocks you tend to face is starting a new school. For Hujorge, this proved to be a real eye-opener. There's a few words that I didn't know would have helped me a lot, which is one of them, third-cultured kid, which I learned later, and racism. Like, I experienced a lot of racism, but I didn't understand what racism was. Nobody explained them to me, so it was hard for me to slowly start realizing that my issues were racism, my issues were being third-cultured kid, like I'm experiencing something that at home that's so different than the street. So there's all these things that I couldn't connect with or understand until later on. It was my sister who just started, came up with like, ah, oh, I found this new word, third culture kid. Ah, oh, it's like when you grow up in a culture that's different than your parents, and then you start to become third culture. So there's all these things that you slowly start getting into. And being from a small Sudanese tribe, I was always othered within Sudan where people were making fun of my family for speaking Arabic the wrong way, where we always felt, like even within, within my family, when we sit down within, we call the other people as the Sudanese. And when we, go to, when we say we're going to our country, we don't mean Sudan, we mean our little villages. So there's always this disconnect that I felt. So I was always the minority, the other. Feeling like an outsider didn't stop Hajorj from trying new things and moving even further afield. After school, he went to university in Lebanon and then chose to continue his studies in the U.S. And somehow in California, between California and New York, I picked up this English. And what did you study? So I studied engineering. Being from an immigrant family, you had the choices that are known. You become an um, engineer or a doctor. Uh, my sister broke away from that. Me and my brother didn't. And I didn't really think about it. It was just like, oh, I had to go to university somewhere and I had to study something. And then and I did that. Although I was always into the arts, my mother used to draw. But it was always thought of as a hobby or something you do on the side. 
It wouldn't be long before Hajorge decided that being part of the arts was not simply a hobby for him. Soon he started the journey from being an engineer to becoming a filmmaker. It was easy to be engineer, like it was what I know, I'm good at math, so it worked out, but I was never into it. So I started taking art classes. So it started by like, let me take a sculpture class, let me take a drawing class, let me take a illustration class, a photography class. And from photography went into video and uh, slowly went into like editing, into the technical side of cameras. Cameras became this computer, basically. And started doing the, the obvious, like music videos, small little things from here and there, and got into it. After the break, we'll hear how, from his first documentary, Hajorge's career took off, and why he decided to bring together artists like him to highlight the plight of refugees. The revolution needs to be fun. The struggle is not going to end by changing this one government or whatever. You have to keep on keep on moving and then to keep on and having that drive you need creativity you need it to be fun you need it to be hopeful finding your perfect home was hard but thanks to burrow furnishing it has never been easier burrow's easy to assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium durable materials including stain and scratch resistant fabrics so they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Today in Focus is a new Guardian podcast that brings you closer to our journalism by getting behind the news every weekday. You'll join me, Anushka Astana, talking to people at the centre of the big stories impacting our world. We'll use personal perspectives and expert analysis to put you at the heart of what matters. Listen to Today in Focus and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you choose to listen. Welcome back to Small Changes. I'm Lucy Lamble. This week, I'm chatting to filmmaker Hajorge Koka. So when I went to Nuba, I was just I just started living there. So it's between 2012 up to 2017. I was between Nuba, Blue Nile, and Nairobi, um, and working on different documentations, but mainly working on my documentary Beats of the Antinope. So the Antonov is this Russian aircraft plane that is not supposed to be a military plane. It's supposed to be a cargo plane. But being a cargo, it can carry bombs. And uh, it's just a scary thing. 
So you hear the sounds of the, the plane, and then you learn, like, once you hear that, you have to be alert, and you have to be next to, like, somewhere where you can, like, go in a ditch or something. And that when it hits the ground, like, you learn to hear when it's just, like, it's coming down, and then boom. And then that sound is the beat, is the beat of death. But at the same time, the film is really about music. And the best way to show identity is through music and dance. Because through music and dance, you can tell, ah, oh, these people, they look, you know, that beat is African, the dance is African. So you can tell the identity of the people. And then through the music, people fight back. So the, the music sh shows the war, introduces you to the war, and introduces you to the Sudanese identity. The film shows you people living and being happy and, and super connected to life and so alive. And suddenly that gets interrupted by a bombing. And that's how you feel back home. Like you're like, you're sitting around having coffee and suddenly like, and then you're like, life is interrupted. Everything is forgotten. And then you're like trying to like run for your life and make sure like everybody you know is like safe and there and so. So it's this interruption of life. And, and that I wanted to capture that. And the thing about being in a village is there's always sound. There's nothing called silence. There's like some bugs around. There's like animals. There's birds. There's cows. There's like, and then there's like bombs, which is this so unnatural, so disturbing sound. One of the other most prominent sounds to feature in this film is something you wouldn't normally associate with bombs falling from the sky. <laughs> Laughter. The power of doing a documentary is the surprise you have when you interview people and they say something and you're like, that's so true, that's my experience. And I didn't realize until I was interviewing somebody and he's like, yeah, every time there's a bombing, people start laughing. And I was like, oh, that is true. That's what I do, actually. I start laughing. And it's just that joy that I'm still alive. Everybody's still alive. Like, we're, we're still good. We're still good. The way he described it is like, it's like this pain and suddenly there's life again, and, and, and we'll laugh, we're happy, we're excited about life. Those on the ground in Sudan, some of whom featured in the film, were pleased with it. However, Georges learned the hard way that he needed to prepare viewers for the experience when screening his films there. It was New Year's, and New Year's, it's somehow in the rainy season, so the war stops and whatnot. And then somebody decided that they're going to get these loudspeakers, it was still early, so before the night, they're like, oh, let's do something. It's like, oh, let's play the film. And the film starts with the sound of the Antonov coming. And when, when, when the sound came, everybody who wasn't in the screening started running because they saw, thought the Antonov is coming. And you can imagine people dressed up and stuff, running into ditches, hurting themselves and stuff. And it was just like, I spent the rest of that New Year going through house to house and apologizing for what happened. You mentioned the rainy season, and that's actually a bridge to the film that you've made this year. And we're talking right now because you're over in London for the Africa Film Festival where your film Akasha, is that how we pronounce it, um, is being screened with, with a Q&A afterwards, um, which is really exciting. It's this time not a documentary, but a feature film. And it's this very intense day in the life of a young man, Adnan, and a new friend he makes and some family and interesting dynamics going on. Tell us about it. Set the scene. So we wanted to create a film for us that is a celebration. So we're like, we're going to do this uh, adventure, light-humored film that everybody's just going to enjoy and, and laugh. So that's what we created. But at the same time, it's, it's a multi-layered cake kind of film where it's still, the backdrop is the war, 
it questions the state of revolution and armed revolution. It questions what does it mean to be part of this armed revolution and who are really the people fighting and who are we fighting for and what's happening. So we have this anti-hero young guy who is in love with his gun and his should-be real lover. He just wants to use her as being his queen and all these ideas. But through the film, we, we learn that she really resembles what truly is the revolution. And she's the one who's like actually more solid and, and understands what they're fighting for more than this guy who's like just running with his gun or whatever. Strong female characters feature prominently in Akasha. Yes, yes. And it was nice to be in the Nuba Mountains in a culture where people are more accepting for women to play those roles. And truthfully, the way I cast it where the women wear that. The lead woman who plays Lena is somebody who refuses to get married, who wants to go through education, who uh, she just had to play herself, and that's what we did. Eventually, all of his work in the film industry inspired Herr Georges to start a club. In 2012, he co-founded the Refugee Club. And because it's called Refugee Club, other Sudanese artists hit me up being like, I want to be part of the club. And then suddenly we noticed that we have, it was me, then Alsara, who is this musician who's now blowing up and doing really well, and then cartoonist, Ahmed El Bey, and a visual effect artist, uh, Bashir Hamid, who's uh, based in New York. Since we started, we're all like, like actually having this career and moving forward and still talking about how can we collaborate? Because everybody's like from a different background. So until now we've been collaborating and we're trying to figure out more ways to collaborate. And then how do we move on to become a bigger collective or whatnot? But it's amazing how we all became this powerhouse. And recently we have a new addition who's another Sudanese refugee, Fatlabi, who's also a visual artist who's amazing and he's based in Norway. That's quite a talent pool you've got there in the refugee club. What is it about art that seems to go hand in hand often with activism? So there's two things to that. There's, there's for example, I think Alsara, she comes from an activist background and then she refused it. She just wanted to sing and sing happy songs and whatnot. And I think for her, when you try to do art, and then you look into yourself, into the mirror, and then you start reflecting your society. And then slowly, when you have the mic and you're in front of so many people and you want to talk, and then you suddenly, like, like just yesterday, so many people died in the streets. I'm not going to just come and sing. I need to say something. So when you have that mic, you just start being like, I'm just going to say this because I have to. And I feel like that's what happened to her. And also, I think that's what happened to the cartoonist who started, like, being just wants to be an artist and draw and stuff, and then slowly finding that, the Arab Revolution happened, the Arab Spring, and like this connects so much to me. And I just started drawing cartoons about that. And then this Umar Bashir says something crazy, and he just grows this cartoon about that. And slowly finding himself like expressing what his people are experiencing. So they were just a reflection of that, and then slowly becoming realizing that they're 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 becoming activists. They didn't didn't mean to, but then they just went into it. Georges believes it's the kind of artistic activism that comes from the refugee club that will eventually lead to an end to the Sudanese conflict. The revolution needs to be fun. The struggle is not going to end by changing this one government or whatever. You have to keep on, keep on moving. And then to keep on and having that drive, you need creativity. You need it to be fun. You need it to be hopeful. 
And truthfully, youth are hopeful because they, they're always looking for something and they want to discover themselves. And, and the moment you give them something, they're all excited. For example, when I was in Nuba, there was one time where we needed soccer balls. Like it was, it was hard. We couldn't get anything. And then we raised money. So everybody put a little money. We needed, we were trying to get people who coming over to give us soccer balls. And we're like, can you just give me a football? And then people are like, are we going to get you food or get something? It's like, no, we have money. We just need 10 balls because we're in a mountainous area. Balls don't last that long. And it was so hard to get like these footballs. And we had, we had to go through so much to get footballs because once we had the footballs, the youth just played and it was so much fun and they got so engaged. So basically a tournament started and basically we played with two balls and the winner of the tournament got the third ball. And the tournament included everybody, including the local government was part of it. And that's, that's like what I realized is like what we need sometimes is different than what people from the outside think we need. That's all for this week. There will be a link to Herr George Cooker's organisation, The Refugee Club, in this week's episode description on The Guardian website. We're always looking for inspiring guests to have on our show, so if you have any suggestions, please let us know at podcasts at theguardian.com. This episode of Small Changes was produced by Danielle Stevens and Max Sanderson. I'm Lucy Lamble. Thanks for listening. For more great podcasts from The Guardian, just go to theguardian.com slash podcasts. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.